Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Welcome back to another Espresso Shots episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into the world of social media content production, as well as recruiting, then this is a doubleheader episode you won't want to miss because my next guest is a successful social media program manager who previously spent the first four years of her postgrad career in recruiting and is proud to say that she herself has been recruited into every postgrad job she's ever accepted. But before I introduce you to Elizabeth Morgan, a former recruiter at Google, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's newsletter that features career advice and job-seeking tips, as well as unique insights into dozens of different industries from the professionals like Elizabeth who are actually working in them. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my social media-savvy Sumatra-drinking Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Elizabeth Morgan the Senior Social Media Program Manager for ISOMS, a company dedicated to helping global companies attract, engage, hire, and advance the right talent. In addition to creating all social media content for ISOMS, Elizabeth also juggles external marketing communications, corporate branding, keeping touch on industry trends, consumer service advocate, and brand advocacy. Prior to joining ISOMS in April of 2021, Elizabeth spent three years at Google as an active channels specialist. And if you don't know what that is, it's another way of saying she was a recruiter who, among other things, reviewed thousands of technical resumes, moved hundreds of candidates through initial stages of hiring, and advised 15 recruiters and hiring managers on pipeline data trends. And we're going to be digging all into that in our main T4C episode. So check out show notes to see if Elizabeth's main T4C episode has already dropped. Right out of undergrad, Elizabeth worked as a recruiting coordinator at InfoScout, now known as Numerator. It's a marketing intelligence firm. And certainly, last but not least, Elizabeth has a whole bunch of seriously fun hobbies. I mean, she puts me to shame, including running her own polymer clay earrings business. Her store is on Etsy. She is an avid gardener, and she's been producing weekly content on LinkedIn since 2015. Crazy. Elizabeth, Liz, welcome 
into time for coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. And thank you for the warm welcome. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we are all about warm welcomes at T4C. And I so appreciated you holding up your coffee cup there. Does it have anything in it? Yes, yeah, I have a vanilla almond milk latte right now. I've been drinking it through the morning. So. Yum. Do you put caffeine in there or do you do it without caffeine? It depends on the day. This morning I needed a little caffeine. I just did a shot of espresso. But nice. When I'm trying to be nice to my body, I'll do like a London fog or a chai or something like that. But this morning was coffee. <laughs> awesome. And espresso shot is the operative word for what we're about to do here. So let's dive into our 10 espresso shots, which we are going to frame around social media content production type jobs. And of course, recruiting, being a channel specialist. Yeah. With the first question being, what entry-level jobs, Liz, are available to young people who want to break into those two industries? Great question. It really depends on what you've spent your last four years of college doing. If you have any sort of business degree, it's pretty easy to move into an associate marketing role. Anything having to do with entry-level recruiting, any sort of coordinator role, anything where either you're remote or you're going into the office, but you're organizing company things, meeting a lot of people. It gives you a chance to take photos, document what's going on, get to know everybody, run the glass door page of the company, like take advantage of all of the different media opportunities. And that is a great entry way to get yourself into marketing. Those are things that I've been quietly doing for a while. My experience primarily came from LinkedIn, just posting on there. If you're able to spend your college career getting involved on social media, if it's something that's passionate to you, and just building up followers, creating content every week, showing up every day or every other day, then you can find yourself in, oh my goodness, there's so many different unique entry-level marketing goals, associate marketing, marketing analytics. There's a ton of stuff that you can get your feet wet with. And really all it requires is a degree or about five years of industry experience. Okay. And what about on the recruiting side? It's hard to jump right into recruiting unless you go through an agency. So you can become a recruiter through an agency. It's pretty sales-based, pretty metrics-driven. Or if you're interested in going into a company, like actually working within a company's recruiting team, most people start out as a recruiting coordinator or a recruiting associate or a sourcing specialist or a staffing coordinator or a sourcing coordinator. Those are all different types of terms that you'll hear that allow you to get to know candidates, show off the company, and help candidates to find their dream position at the company that you're at. Yay. What is a useful hard and soft skill, Liz, that you've looked for over the years in the young people that you've hired? I'll do a soft skill first. A desire to learn and grow, showing that off by asking questions, a lot of questions, asking how you can impact. Those are questions that during the interview process, when people ask me those things, I know right away, I get a little excited and go, ooh, this is somebody that wants to make a difference as opposed to, I don't really know what I want to do, I don't know how to do it. I'm just kind of here because my uncle's friend told me about this position. <laughs> I think hard skills, I'm trying to think of how to eloquently explain this. So when you apply to a company, 
there is one specific hard skill that I'm looking for. It's more so making sure that you have an ability to advocate for yourself through your resume. So I guess a hard skill would be making sure that what you've added to your resume proves why you're qualified for the job. It can be kind of hard to do that. It takes some practice learning how to advocate for yourself, brand yourself, market yourself. But these are all things that you can research online. You can follow content creators like myself who are passionate about these things to develop ourselves up. So I'd say it's sort of a soft skill as well, but advocating for the skills that the company is looking for, being able to show off how you have the skills, how you got them, and why we should choose you for the role. What makes you qualified? Tell me if this resonates with you. Do you think it's an ability for the job seeker to be able to look at the job description and then translate what their experience has been into a language that is going to resonate with you at that company? That's tough. In many cases, yes. Oftentimes, recruiters are thoroughly trained on the role. They have a bunch of meetings with the hiring manager, which is usually who your boss would be, right? They're the person involved in helping hire for the role. But it's hard sometimes, especially for more technical roles, for candidates who are coding focused, who have a lot of languages in their background, like software engineers, you know, entry-level associates doing coding type work. It can be challenging to say, hey, I've got five years of coding experience during my college degree. It might not be exactly what you're looking for, but I do have coding experience, please consider me. But here I was on the other side of the table, looking at thousands of resumes a year. It's really hard for me to get the time to be able to advocate for you as much as I want to, to read through your resume and say, oh, you're saying that you have C sharp, but we're looking for C++. You know, so I kind of got a little technical for a second, but I'll say that it is definitely a skill to be able to say, okay, these are the requirements for the role. I'm clearly showing in my resume how I have the requirements. And I'm telling a very short story. It's about a sentence long. Contributed this amount of time, fixed this many things, received highest customer service award for pizza delivery back in college. You know, like there's so many different ways you can do it, but it's not always easy. If the recruiter is good at their job, then it will be much easier for you to advocate for yourself. But it is important that you constantly go back to the why. Why you're applying why you're qualified, why you're passionate about it. I know I took a long time to answer that. So thank you. No, that was great. And I think maybe what you've just pulled out there is there's a big difference between when you're hiring for a technical role versus when you're hiring for maybe more of a generalist in a role where you can be a little squishier. Totally. There are two different strategies there. But I would say that both of them go back to the job description, right? Like, If it's a more technical role, yeah, you have to have the exact requirements, the exact hard skills. If it's a little squishier, if it's kind of a jack-of-all-trades role, as you mentioned, the generalist role, it's still really important that you're not just slapping onto your resume all your experience, but instead you're saying, okay, in one to two lines, this is what I did at the company that relates to your company, and this was how I did it. Maybe I throw in a quote from my boss during the performance review. Elizabeth was one of the best customer service advocates I've ever worked with, right? Like you want to be able to advocate that you are professional, that you are hardworking, and whether it's maybe a customer service skill or marketing skill or social media, you want to be able to show off 
sort of the metrics, whether it's running the pizza shop down the street. I keep saying pizza because I'm going to go get some in a bit. Um, <laughs> that is <laughs> lunchtime where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's lunchtime for me over here. Or you're starting your own social media page and trying to advocate for yourself. There's always metrics there. Your engagement rate, the amount of people that follow you, the amount of likes that your posts get. Like Those are all things that you can always turn what you think are qualitative skills into quantitative. Like One other example that I'll give is I could say that I'm really good at public speaking. I've spoken at 60 plus universities. Like That's a number right there that instead of someone saying, spoke at universities, once I have that number on there, people go, whoa, 60 universities. That's, that's more than, you know, you go back to your alma mater one weekend, got a once in a lifetime chance. She's doing something there. So totally all these think about. excellent, excellent advice. So Liz, what about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor to get into either the marketing social media piece or recruiting, and we should add, you did major in human resource management. Yeah. You know, when I was graduating college, I was told that it was. I don't believe that anymore. I truly believe that having any sort of degree, primarily bachelor's degree, companies are working on getting the associate's degree and the GED and high school diploma. More companies are opening themselves up to that. But for the most part, if you went to college, got a 3.0 or above, and you were heavily involved in a couple of organizations you were really passionate about by your senior year, that matters more than the degree. I know people who were in marketing, they got their marketing degree, they weren't very involved in college, they went on and got a marketing associate role, and they've just kind of stayed quietly in the marketing realm. I started in HR, realized that it wasn't quite my cup of coffee. <laughs> And just started looking into pivots and realized this whole time that social media was right under my nose, that I was involved in it every day for years. So, and it was like know, a side hustle. I mean, we weren't making hustle. money on it. You were just doing it because you felt passionately about it. Yeah. With LinkedIn especially, I felt like every time I went on the platform, it was always, look at me, I got a new job again. I'm great. Or, you know, help me find a job. Here's my resume. Share it with everyone. And I felt like there was so much more to the platform than that. And it's so exciting to see how LinkedIn has evolved over the years to now include so much of that content. And it's been so much fun to watch. And I think I'm going on a quick side tangent, but like, I think that some really great content things are coming to LinkedIn very soon. So, Ooh, so you got some inside information there. Yes. Yeah, I do. Actually, LinkedIn is changing for the better. I think it's already great, but good things are coming. Fantastic. So we've talked about the undergrad. What about grad school? Do you think it is helpful? And I'm not talking about for the entry level positions, but maybe for somebody who wants to get into this C-suite, either in marketing or recruiting, that they get a grad school degree? And if so, is there a particular type that you would recommend? Yeah, great question. I'm actually getting ready to go back and pursue my master's. I'm thinking in social media marketing. We'll see. I have to get the motivation to go back to school for it. So I guess to answer your question, it is valuable in marketing. There's a lot of opportunities that open up to you. Not as much so in recruiting. Most people that I know who are in recruiting, it's more about the hands-on recruiting experience than it is about the degree. So if you're looking to go into a recruiting career, I would actually recommend 
if you're wanting to get your master's degree, some sort of business degree would be helpful. A lot of different options. But during the course of that time, I recommend working part-time as a recruiter or some of the other roles I mentioned, recruiting coordinator, sourcing coordinator, things like that. Within marketing, if you were to go straight from your bachelor's into your master's, you didn't take a break to get any sort of corporate experience, it's likely that you would still land in a more entry-level job. They'd want to test you out for a year and make sure that... I kind of hate saying this, but they want to make sure that you know how to be a good employee first. And then after about a year, so many companies start reaching out to you. Oh, wow. She has her master's degree in marketing. She's only an associate right now. We could pay her twice as much. We could bring her on and really utilize her strategies to make a difference. And now all of a sudden, you're at a bigger, well-known company. You're getting paid double, maybe triple what you are making. And you're able to really utilize the skill sets that you gained in your master's. So definitely recommend. I find it really surprising to hear that you think getting a master's in social media marketing would be more valuable than on-the-job experience. And I say that just because the industry is changing so quickly. Are they keeping up in bricks and mortar schools versus, let's say, a certificate or some kind of a certification? Yep. So data is data. And that's actually a really large part of the role. You can't just post content all day and not look into the behind the scenes. Who is it resonating with? When is it resonating with them? Why is it resonating? When does our content receive the most amount of quality engagement? Those are all things that getting a further education will help you to really dive into what's going right, what's going wrong, and how you can change what's going wrong to really further enhance your problem-solving abilities. It's something that on my own time, I was doing it for my own personal pages. But going from me, personal Liz, on my own platforms to corporate America social media, it's an entirely different beast. And there's so much more to it. And social media companies don't often reward corporate America companies for posting. They want the raw, they want the individual. They don't make it as easy. LinkedIn doesn't promote content of companies as highly as it does individual sharing stories. So it's like the strategy that it's constantly evolving, but it all goes back to there are some core numbers that matter and takes a decent amount of time and energy and learning to figure that out. So it's all about the data analytics. Super important. Yeah, a large part of it. Liz, as I mentioned, you've got so many fun hobbies, but what kind of life experiences? do you think are most useful for our listeners maybe to try to cultivate while they're on campus that might make them more desirable, stand out among the crowd when they're applying either for the social media or recruiting roles? I'll tell you what I did because it put me ahead. I, I'm not embarrassed to say it anymore, but I graduated with a 3.0 in college. In my sophomore year, got started in Mary Kay and had three different math, economics, statistics classes, calculus. And it just, it all hit me. I got a couple Bs and it ruined me for a while. I didn't think I was going to be able to pursue any of my dreams with a 3.0. All my friends were, oh, dang, I'm not at a 4.0. I'm at a 3.8. You know, it just crushed me. But that whole time I was working a job where I mentioned customer 
experience earlier. I have a background in that. I was working a summer job where I was dealing with thousands of people who were visiting. I was showing them around, being the bright, bubbly, friendly person, which on campus, on campus. Yep. And that transitions to social media. I'm behind a camera. I'm trying to be bright and energetic every day. Right. So, you know, I could almost say that I got my experience there. So highly recommend whether it's an on-campus job or maybe your freshman year and you start at the local ice cream place down the street from your dorm. You raise up through the ranks. You're well-known, you're dedicated. Everybody likes you. By your senior year, maybe you are a junior manager at the joint or, you know, like who knows what kind of opportunities are there if you're dedicated and willing to stick around. But you're going to be there for, you know, whether you transferred or you went into the dorm your freshman year, you're going to be there for two to four years. So make an impact while you're there. For me, I went to farmer's markets every weekend. I was in Colorado State University in Fort Collins. Every weekend I was going and I was taking pictures of the different booths at the farmer's markets. I was getting to know the entrepreneurs behind the scenes. I was really passionate about that type of stuff. And I didn't realize it, but that was prepping me for becoming a LinkedIn influencer of sorts, like just getting to communicate with people and network and get to know them. So highly recommend whether it's social media or recruiting, getting to know people, understanding their motivations and becoming well-known community. And finally, for me, (laughs) it's so funny looking back on, you know, how this kind of related, but I got heavily involved in the Society for Human Resource Management, which if you are going into recruiting, You'll hear about SHRM. That's what we call it for short, SHRM. You'll hear about SHRM a lot. It's a really great organization to get involved in. Become the recruiting chair in the organization. For me, I I have it on my LinkedIn. I grew the organization from five people with an old pizza in the back to 50 people who were running around excited about SHRM, going to events, doing stuff. We became one of the most active groups, college groups on campus. And it actually awarded me the top HR student award, despite having a 3.0. So incredible. Lots of stuff, but love that. Love that. But those are all really grounded in college life. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Okay. Next espresso shot. What is the best part for you of having been and being in these professions? I just love being creative, getting to bring myself to the job as opposed to hiding myself and then at 5 p.m. getting to be who I am. Everything I'm doing is very strategically me at this time, and I really like it. It brings me a lot of energy and purpose throughout my day. What about the flip side? Because every job has aspects that suck. So are there any aspects Of your current job, let's say, I know you've only been on the job for four months or your last job as a recruiting channel specialist, that sucked. Yeah, I think anytime you go from having an idea yourself to having to pitch the idea to others, it can get a little tiring, right? Like as I've been mentioning this whole time, I create my own content. I have for years. I get an idea, I post it, it goes well. I pictured myself coming on and having a similar thing happen, but realized very quickly that in corporate America marketing, there are approval processes. It can't just be your idea and you just go with it. In smaller startups, it can be that way. But in larger corporations, there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot that needs to be thought about that doesn't always happen when you're doing it yourself. So just 
something to keep in mind. It's how it is in corporate America, I think, with a lot of different areas. And having worked in the nonprofit world, I can say having consensus and getting approval through various amongst various team members is also a reality of the job. And it's one of many reasons I'm so happy I work for myself now. (laughs) So three final espresso shots. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Probably from my dad, actually. My dad recommended every year I go out and interview, not necessarily because I'm unhappy in my current situation, but to always stay humble, know how to advocate for myself and potentially develop skills that I don't know I'm lacking. Never stay comfortable. I have been in situations in my career where I've gotten overly comfortable and said, you know, I'm not passionate, but it's kind of boring. And I kind of like not having to push myself. So I'm just going to sit here. And then the sitting became laying and then the laying became just kind of existing. And it's just, it's, when you lose engagement and drive, it's really, really hard to shine, be a star, and pursue the goals that you want in your life. So, so stay hungry. Yes. <laughs> and and that's breakfast. actually very apt. Eat breakfast. Right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so Liz, what movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu streaming shows or books do you think accurately depict either the social media side or the recruiting side of your experience? Hmm, That's a good question. (laughs) Actually, I'll kind of laugh. So uh, maybe it was a year or so ago. Don't quote me on this, but Emily in Paris came out on Netflix. And I remember watching it thinking, this is so ridiculous. Like I can't imagine. And What's so funny is six months later, I was literally doing the exact same job (laughs) as on the TV show on Netflix, Emily in Paris. Aspects of it were a little bit silly. You know, it's very hard to just post a photo on social media and have thousands of people like it. That is an abnormal thing that doesn't happen to anyone except a very small select amount of people. But for the rest of us, a lot of aspects of our job were very realistic. And it's kind of fun to now say, yeah, I'm Elizabeth, basically, I'm Paris, but I'm Elizabeth in America. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're Elizabeth in Colorado. <laughs> That's true, yeah. We will post a link to Emily in Paris in our <laughs> show notes. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about these industries? Great question. Surprised to learn about these industries? I think... There is so much intentionality and behind the scenes that just isn't seen, can't be talked about. There's a lot that goes into the HR realm. Oftentimes, there's a lot of rules and regulations to keep people safe. But there's also, it's a really fun, beautiful place to actually make a difference in corporate America, I think. So that's what I'll say. I love it. And I want to add one more thing that you had to say. I'm just looking here at my notes around the best career advice you've ever gotten. And I love the advice from your dad. There was something else, believe it or not, that you posted recently on the (laughs) ISIM's website on your social feed in which you were congratulating all the ISIM's interns. And you said, enjoy the ice cream 
and sample lots of flavors of career <laughs> options. You don't have to start out and end up in the same realm. Your network and your mentors support you through your questions, concerns, interests, and goals. Thank you. That's a mouthful when you read it out loud. <laughs> it is a mouthful, but again, keeping with that food theme, <laughs> I had to squeeze it in under the wire here. Well, you can find Liz on LinkedIn, of course, as Elizabeth with a Z, Morgan. You're definitely going to want to connect with her and follow her content and engage with her as well. You can also find her on IG at Miss.Elizabeth. M and she posts all the time around gardening, gluten-free cooking and baking, thrift shopping, retro vintage clothes, clean beauty, and of course her polymer clay earrings. And you can find her earrings on her Etsy page, which is Lively Liz Creations. Liz, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. This was just wonderful. Thanks for having me. I love getting to chat with you. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org, or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.